Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey with my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you're a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode. And if you are new, welcome. I'm equally excited to have you tune in as well. And thank you for stopping by to see what this podcast has to offer. The way that this podcast usually works is that I read a journal entry of mine from five or six years ago, and I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then. So let's dive right into talking about feeling twisted and inside, upside down and heavy. So this journal entry dates back to May 27th, 2016, and I write, today is an unsettling day for me. I feel all twisted up inside and heavy. It's because of orientation last night. I get so worried about what the other parents think that I get anxious and feel socially awkward. Then I replay everything in my mind over and over. It's a toxic, defeating thing that I learned from my mom and struggle to let go of. I don't want the habit anymore because it is unproductive and unhealthy. Mare is a reminder that life is too short. My dad told me about Dawn's husband, and that is sad as well. He is in his late 40s. I talked to Rose a bit this morning about... The situation with my friend and she said that friend isn't a true friend i kind of know that but don't want to want it to be true i guess i am so desperate for a friend that i have a tendency to go all in too quickly it's a reminder to me that i need to be my own best friend first it also reminds me of what joel says you get back what you put out if you are unhappy with yourself and don't like yourself then people will treat you that way too i've been treated poorly most of my life that i don't want to be treated that way any longer I meditate every morning and it is helping. I need to add prayer to my practice. I need my spirit guides and God to help me to get to where I need to be as an adult, a mother, a woman. I want to be grounded and secure with who I am and not allow others and me to steal my joy. I want to live life to the fullest and enjoy every moment. So that's the end of that journal entry. And there's a lot here, but the biggest theme is is not allowing the thoughts of what other people think of you to consume you and take over. So honestly, as I read this, I don't even remember orientation. First grade orientation for my daughter? I have no idea. Because in 2016, um, I think Lily was finishing up first grade. So that meant Casey was starting preschool maybe. I honestly don't know. I don't have any recollection of this orientation. I can tell you with 100% certainty that I'm not surprised that I felt worried about what the other parents were going to think of me and, you know, feeling anxious um, because I always made myself out to be defective and I put myself in a position where I, I said the other parents were better than me and you know were more patient more loving more nurturing all I basically said that they were all the things I thought that I wasn't and what I failed to realize is that the other parents struggled too it wasn't just me they just put on a facade just like I did rolling up to orientation um, and that everybody has issues some more severe than others and I just in this moment happened to be in the thick of it So it was more raw and real for me, but that's not to say that the other parents didn't have their struggles too. Um, They probably felt worried and anxious about what other parents thought about them as well. But what I'm realizing now as I look around and see the other parents is that honestly, no one even thinks about the other person that much 
we think about ourselves more than they ever do um, because they have their own lives, their own struggles, their own thoughts, everything like they're in their own world. And once we're out of sight, we are literally out of mind. And so while I went to this orientation, I probably didn't stick out like a sore thumb. I probably didn't, you know, come across as anxious. I probably didn't come across as socially awkward. That was the story I was telling myself based on my own thoughts about me as a person, my thoughts about me as a mom, and my thoughts about me as a wife because I really felt like I was horrible um, because I was going through, you know, trying to heal all this childhood trauma and um, get over leaving my career and the trauma of that and that I was in a really, really dark place. And so, of course, it just made everything feel magnified because my space in front of me felt dark and heavy and overwhelming and anxious in general outside of worrying about orientation. So it only makes sense that I felt that same way about orientation because that was just what was in my scope, my perspective, my, um, you know, forefront of thoughts at that moment at that time. And I, I replayed everything in my mind, not just with orientation, but on a day-to-day basis, every moment of every day, I replayed it in my mind, my interactions with people out in public, with complete strangers, with my husband, with my family, with my in-laws. I mean, if there was a, an interaction with another person, I was replaying it in my head. I was still replaying things in my head that happened with the ex-abusive boyfriend 15 years ago at this point. It wasn't probably 15, 2003, 2016, 13 years ago. And I was still having flashbacks and replaying some of those things over in my mind. So it was definitely um, a defeating pattern to run for sure, because no matter what, I never measured up. I could always be the blame for why things went badly or didn't go as planned or could have gone better. And so, and I did learn it from my mom. My mom still does this and I'm, I'm trying to get her to, to break the pattern, to stop doing it because, um, it's not productive. It's not healthy. It's draining. It's, um, frustrating and it's soul sucking. I mean, it really, there is nothing good about running this pattern of replaying everything in your mind and, and making whatever happened you to be the defective one in the situation. And so, um, you know, maybe you're asking like, okay, well, how do I stop replaying everything in my mind? How do I, how do I break that habit? And the first thing is to just recognize that what you have in your control. So you only have in your control how you show up to a situation. You do not have any control over how other people are going to perceive you. You can influence them with your behavior or with your thoughts or whatever you can. There's definitely influence there, but there's no control. So you might show up and be on your quote unquote best behavior, completely, you know, calm, cool, collected, not socially awkward, you know, and they might still have a weird or bad perception of you. So you cannot literally control what they're going to think about you. You can influence it but only you can control yourself. And so then that's the other thing. It's like checking in with this story that's leading to these unhealthy evaluations of past situations. You know, ask yourself, 
what about that situation is making me question myself? And chances are it's some made up story in your head that's not even real. It didn't even happen the way that you envision it to. And so you can always check in with a friend who maybe was at that same social function as you and say like, hey, um, I felt as though this happened. Did you notice that too? And they can be your fact checker, but chances are they're going to say no, it didn't happen that way because it was you telling yourself the story of all the bad things that could happen that you know you perceived to happen when none of it did. So really fact checking the stories that you're telling yourself and and stop using old evidence, outdated beliefs, outdated thoughts to fuel the fuel to fuel the fire of the story. So a lot of the reason that I did that was because of outdated stories I was telling myself about the past relationship with the abusive boyfriend with past mistakes that I had made as a parent, you know, yelling and losing my patience when I should have taken a deep breath and counted to 10. I was using those things to um, filter the present moment and that filter was broken. So really checking the filter that you're using and, um, and finding a clear filter that's not smudged with old nonsense. So I mentioned, you know, Mara, that's my aunt Kathy's partner, and she died several years ago um, from a battle of cancer. And she found out, um, I'll say fairly soon, uh, like she found out cancer and then she passed away fairly quickly after that. And then um, my dad's co-worker at the time, her husband found out that he had um, a type of cancer. And so, you know, very close together, I found out that these two people who um, I didn't know the co-worker's husband, but I knew the co-worker. She had worked with my dad since I since my dad started at a company pretty much, and I was two or three when he started there. So she basically had known me for my whole life. And then, you know, my aunt's partner, obviously I knew her very well, but it was just kind of an eye-opening wake-up call at that moment to have two people within my inner circle who found out that they had cancer Um was a wake up call that what I was spending my time worrying about was really pointless because life is too short. There's no point in spending effort on analyzing things that happened in the past when we can move, you know, forward and stay in the present moment and use the present moment to influence our thoughts and our beliefs and our opinions. And not to say that, you know, to completely discredit the past because there's value there. There's, it gives us information and lessons to move forward in ways that are more serving for us. But that finding out that those two people were ill with basically terminal illnesses was that wake up call that I needed that I was spending way too much time worrying about things that didn't matter, focusing on things that didn't matter in that moment, things that I could say, okay, that was in the past, it was done, move forward. And so um, and that kind of went to this to the next point that I wrote about was the situation with a friend who um, I didn't feel was being necessarily the most genuine friend. And at this point, I didn't write specific. So I think the the feelings that I had actually in this situation were lingering from previous experiences almost a year prior to me writing this journal entry. And there were just little things that were probably still popping up. 
Um, but the the funny part is, is that this person actually is a very good friend. It was me overanalyzing things that um, weren't true. So I was reading into things way too much. I was giving myself, you know, discrediting myself and saying, oh, you know, they don't like me um, because I'm this, this, and this. When that wasn't the case, they liked me very much. I had this outdated story running in my head that I wasn't good enough for them to be my friend and that they, you know, would be friends with someone else who wasn't, uh, I, I always use the word defective because that's how I felt in that moment. But, um, you know, they were going to be friends with someone who wasn't neurotic, who wasn't dealing with trauma and affected by trauma and could, you know, function, I'll say, as a normal adult. Not that there's any such thing as normal, but, um, you know, function in a way that wasn't always stressed out and frustrated and overwhelmed and feeling not good enough and feeling like not being enough for other people, not just myself, but other people. And so I, um, looking back now, it was all me. It was all me having these bad thoughts about myself and projecting those bad thoughts onto the situation when it wasn't even true. And I think what it boiled down to is that this friend went to hang out with another acquaintance and they didn't invite me. So then, of course, I started telling myself, oh, she likes that person more. She doesn't really like me. She just invites me to things occasionally but out of sympathy, out of guilt because she feels bad not inviting me. And none of that was even remotely true. And actually, it was a blessing not to be invited because there was always drama um, with one of the other friends that happened to be invited to this social function. So it was it was really a blessing that I wasn't invited, if that's even what I was still referring to in this journal entry. So the biggest thing was that I really needed to be my own best friend first because I needed to stop bashing myself and show up for myself in a way that was kind and compassionate and empathetic rather than always beating myself up and and telling myself that no matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried, I would never measure up because that wasn't the the case. And what I realize now is that um, because I was unhappy with myself and I didn't like myself, then other people were treating me that way too, but not really more than anything. I was mostly closed off, so no one was interacting with me. So it was like, no wonder I felt like I didn't have any friends. No one even wanted to approach me because I didn't have an open persona. I wasn't approachable. I was closed off. I looked miserable. Who wants to be around that? No one. So I had to shift my own perspective of myself. I had to learn to be friends with myself first. Then I was more open and less closed off. And then people were more social with me. They were more willing to talk to me because I looked approachable. I didn't look angry and mad and miserable all the time. And and one of the things that really helped with becoming my own best friend was meditation. I still meditate every single day. I have not missed a day in almost five years. And I can tell the difference from meditation and not meditation. It's easier for me to let go of things. I don't take things nearly as personally. I'm definitely more connected with myself. And I still am not great about the prayer piece. And I think that's because I wasn't raised to pray. But I do talk to um, like a higher power, my spirit guides. I ask them for help. I ask them for guidance, um, but not as much as I'd like to. And so that's something that I'm really going to work on in the new year is to take time to connect with that universal energy 
the my divine team and ask them for guidance and ask them for help and ask them to just be with me as I take this human journey um, and have this existence because when I do ask for their help and I do pray to them, I feel like it makes things easier. I, I know that I'm not alone and that was a big part of um, my struggles that I always felt alone. And I think that was another reason I was so desperate to have friends is because I didn't want to feel alone. I didn't feel connected to my husband at this time. I didn't feel connected to my kids. I didn't feel connected to myself. And so I was just so desperately looking for a connection any way I could get it that I was like, oh, someone wants to be my friend. And it was like almost like the little, you know, puppy dog who's like, play with me, play with me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And and that's also soul sucking. No one also wants to be around that either because it feels suffocating. So I had to learn how to balance being my own friend, connecting with myself, fostering that connection so that I could show up to school functions and friend functions and not be this leech that was just latching on to every single being you know, taking the energetic connection, the emotional connection that I could get and, and, and being grounded. And so, um, there are times where I still don't feel grounded and I have to reground myself. And there are definitely times where I still feel insecure. That's all part of, that's normal. It would be abnormal to never feel ungrounded or never feel insecure because we're human. So there are going to be things that, you know, make us feel a certain way that doesn't always feel great. Um, but being able to, to snap out of that is the key. And one of the ways is to do that is through meditation. Another way is journaling. Another way is just stopping to breathe, putting your hand on your chest and your hand on your stomach and just breathing in um, and just calming yourself but also giving yourself time and space to be alone, whether that's soaking in the tub, reading a book, whatever the case may be. And then that way you can show up in other situations and not feel um, like the energy vampire that's sucking the life out of everyone and everything because you're just so desperate for a connection and you're so desperate for the validation that there's nothing wrong with you, that you're liked, that people don't think that you are you know crazy or um that there's something wrong with you or that you're not enough and so really it starts with the stories that we tell ourselves not replaying everything over and over and over because that is draining absolutely 100% draining to replay everything over in your mind and just being okay you know with how it, with how it pans out if the, if something happens that you don't like this time then you can reflect on that so that you're prepared for next time. But going over and saying, oh, I could have, would have, should have, doesn't, you can't change it. You can't go back in time. So you have to just use the information that you've gained from the experience, keep it in your pocket to be able to use it for next time. So if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend. The more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of guidance and support, really a a resource, a one-stop shop resource for all things motherhood, trauma healing, energy work, so that you can um, be the best version of yourself and really show up in the most serving way for you because then that makes those around you have better days and existences as well. But you are always the first priority. So thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this episode and I will see you next week.